0: Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to the best in the world with Richard Barr. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I certainly did. I hope you enjoyed these cheat days, this cheat week, this cheat month of December. You've probably been overdoing it with the food and the drink for the whole month, but it's okay. You're allowed to enjoy this time. And then just go again in January. Some of you might do dry January. Some of you might start working on your goals. Of course, you've got New Year's resolutions, but it's always good to set new goals short term and long term. We talk a lot about this on these podcast episodes with former World and Olympic champions. They're always setting their goals, both short and long term. So it's something you need to consider as well and see how you can get on in 2017 i'm sure it's going to be a fantastic year for you and it's going to be a great year for the best in the world with richard pyle we've got a whole host of guests already lined up for you and one of our news resolutions on the show will be to get more winter sports world and olympic champions really on the show so far we've only had gretchen bleiler the former four times x games champion the former world Superpipe champion she's been on the show before but until today we've not had any other winter sports stars well that stops now for our last show of 2016 i'm delighted that we have eve muirhead on the program she is the skipper of the great britain women's curling team she's a former world champion working towards the next olympic games in south korea to try and get a gold medal And it's a really interesting chat. We actually spoke a few weeks ago, leading up to the European Championships, which were in her home country of Scotland. And it was great to get that insight of just leading up to a major championship, the different things that she has to do, rather than saying in the regular weeks of training. Um, They ended up going on to win a bronze medal on home soil. They took bronze after a shock defeat in the semi-finals, but it's still a bronze medal on the way towards the South Korea Games in 2018. I'm sure this year will be another fantastic year for Eve and her team to prepare. And it's a great chat. We talk a whole range of topics as well as training. We talk about food and drinks. She loves her coffee, but she's a celiac, so we talk about being gluten-free on the show. We talk about how she copes with stress, the importance of family. It's all included. In this fantastic episode with Eve Muirhead. So please listen into it. Just before we get to the interview with Eve, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Sportuccino. Sportuccino is the brand new sports breakfast show that I do on Facebook Live, Periscope, and On YouTube, it's live every single weekday morning from eight GMT. We cover a lot of things like we do on the Best in the World, but so much more. We react to all of the results of all the different sports around the world. We also look ahead to all of the sports actions. We also have games and competitions and really, really good guests. It's called Sportochino. Check out the Facebook page, facebook.com/sportochino. I'd really appreciate it if you went and liked that page. They are today's sponsor. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to my interview with Eve Muirhead. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Eve Muirhead world curling champion welcome to the best in the world with richard pass so great to have you on the show now what we like to do on the show is we like to find out the the processes and the regimes of the world and olympic champions so it, it's the middle of the afternoon now why don't you tell us how your day has gone so far so we get an idea of a typical day in your in your life
3: uh, thank you very much for having me on the show and um, it's a- it's exciting to to kind of explain to people what we do day in day out because I guess the sport of curling um a lot of people don't really know what goes into it behind the scenes so I guess starting with as you say with a typical day gives a good kind of picture of of what we get up to so for today for instance my alarm went off at at 10 to 6 this morning Mm -hmm. um frosty cold dark (laughs) not Mm -hmm. very nice. had some breakfast, then headed into the gym for the back of seven, and did a a kind of high interval CrossFit session. Um, straight after that, came back, quickly got showered, and then headed headed off for a team um, on ice practice session, which is in a place called Perth, just north of Stirling here, so about thirty minutes drive. So did that. That was about two hours. Um, drove back, just literally had a bite of lunch now, and and now I'm speaking to yourself. Um, so so far been busy and it's, it's not finished just yet
2: so yeah what else is to come today
3: well later on this afternoon I'm going to go back in and do a bit of a kind of recovery session probably just a little bit of spin off um, and just some kind of light 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 weights and things just to kind of keep moving maybe do a little bit of core because um, that's that's important if we didn't have the Europeans coming up at the end of this week I probably would go back on ice and, and do an individual session but with the with the uh, major championships coming up, I always try and not not cram everything in the week before because I guess that that's not ideal. So I feel like individually as a, a player, I'm in quite a good place just now the way I'm throwing the stones. So I don't want to don't wanna overdo that. So I should get back here kind of the back of five, which is which is pretty good, and um, start to pack. As I say, we've got Europeans coming up next week.
2: Mm, exciting. So yeah, as you say, when you head in towards a, a championship, is it a lot. it's a lot more about rest and recovery and thinking about technique rather than kind of pushing yourself is that right?
3: A little bit yes and no Um I think what we've kind of developed the way we do our off-ice training in the gym a lot of sports kind of tailor towards major championships but for us we kind of build up towards them because if you kind of tailor back by the time you get to to the end of the week in a curling tournament you're you're pretty fatigued and if we can kind of build up to a major championships and then you're kind of up there high um, and then you kind of maintain that for the the whole duration of the championships we found that makes it, it slightly better for for ourselves but when it comes to I guess on ice stuff you don't want to be doing a lot of a lot of technical changes major changes but just kind of little tweaks here and there help and um, but as I say the last thing that you want to do really is cram all in in the week before
2: and in this week before, is the diet the same?
3: I would say so. Yes, um, I think for for us, obviously, it's not a kind of sport that you need to um, hit a certain weight category for, so that's not essential. But yes, I think um, it's essential that you you try and try and keep out and maintain much of a much of your kind of daily routines as as possible, especially when it comes to your eating patterns and um for me as a, a player like I always find it really hard to to maintain my weight when it comes to, to major championships just through the whole stress and and everything like that because it's it's not easy and I guess it's not easy in the body either but yeah you just try and keep it as, as similar as you can like as a team where we're all pretty good when it comes to knowing um what to eat at what times and and really just getting the time and for our meals
2: so how how often is that and, and what are the type of foods you're eating then
3: well, I think, like if during a competitive week, um let's say we've got a game, we always try and eat about i think three hour three hours before a game is is a good a good time for us, like as me being the skip um it's not as essential to let my food go down, but if I was like one of the sweepers, you're sweeping pretty intensely for for two and a half three hours, like the last thing you wanna do is be tasting your lunch halfway through a game, <laughs> so um we always try and eat three three hours before um and I guess it's just making sure you get a good balance of of the food you have as well. Something that's going to give you plenty of energy. And as well, it's very important that we we make sure and refu- refuel straight after a game as well.
2: And can you eat anything sometimes, or do you always have to stay to that strict diet, or or are you allowed a cheat day?
3: Yeah, like we're we're pretty flexible. Like for me, I've I've got a celiac, so. My diet's pretty um, stricted when it comes to to what I can eat. When it comes to obviously wheat and things, but but that nowadays isn't much of a problem. And um, yeah, for sure we always we do have treats, yes, um, within moderation, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's it's not super super strict. Like I think, as I say, it's being sensible and and knowing and kind of fueling your body. Um, each individual has different has different needs and, and what food to take on board and knowing what agrees with them, what doesn't agree with them. Um what they like as they are obviously like their their kind of treat as well. And um but the majority of the time I would say we're we're pretty we're pretty good and I I am a I am a healthy eater and I am pretty sensible when it comes to, to food.
2: Mm. For those that don't know, could you just explain what a celiac is and, and how you were diagnosed with that?
3: Yeah, well celiac is um gluten. Like I cannot have gluten um so that's the 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 main kind of the the foods are i guess bread pasta um are the main sources so i've got to look at getting my carbohydrates from a different source and obviously that's when you have lots of potatoes rice like um but as i say there's so many different different options out there nowadays to accommodate which is which is great um so yeah so i got diagnosed it was it wasn't long before the the Sochi winter olympics and um like I knew something wasn't right, and but I'm just really glad that I they managed to figure out what was wrong, and that, let me tell you like the difference knowing um is night and day, like really the the difference in myself, the energy levels um are are so much better, and I feel so much better.
2: Yeah, I went gluten-free just from the advice of my personal trainer a few months ago. I'm I'm not a celiac and, and I can eat wheat and on occasion I do, but the, the yeah. difference in the energy levels I found in the gym just to, at my <laughs> pitiful average person level is, yeah. is amazing. So it must be incredible the kind of benefits it must give a top athlete like you.
3: Yeah, like it does um, for sure. Like still I would... I would love to be able to pay somebody or something to to be normal and and not have this problem, but there's nothing I can do about it. And it's just making sure and keeping on top of it. And especially when you're away, you've got to be pretty, pretty, um, pretty quick at picking up if if there was a, if you're going to have anything or anything, because obviously it makes me pretty ill. So um, but yeah, as I say like the the difference is is great um so much so much um energy, and yeah, it's amazing it's amazing the difference.
2: do you take any food around the world with you just in case where you might be going can't look after you and like they, they can't give you what you need?
3: yeah, i do i always I always take my own um oats, my own porridge oats um I always buy gluten free ones here at home um so I always take them with me, so I know that they are um, obviously gluten-free and they're they're good to have I have them for breakfast most mornings every morning actually so um, and I also take a lot of um, bars a lot of protein bars away with me as well Um I'm lucky to, enough to have Nutramino as one of my sponsors so I stock up on them and they're a vital part of my um, kind of my energy as well and they're good there to have as a backup because you know they're they're good.
2: Fantastic! Yeah, I start my day with nens gluten free porridge, so that that's pretty good as well. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's talk about your first interest in curling. Where, where did that all begin?
3: Um. Well, my dad he was a um, a high class curler and at a high level, and he played at many world championships. He actually played at Olympic games when it was a demonstration sport. So really from family. um, When I was younger, like my mum used to take me and my brothers along to support my dad. And really from a young age, we just really wanted to go on and and try it and give it a shot. And I remember the first time my dad did take me and my brothers on and it was exciting. Like if you're a young kid and you get the chance to, to slide around the ice and throw stones up and down, battering them off each other, you're going to do it, aren't you? So. Um that was where it really started in a wee a wee village called Pitlochry, just north of Perth
2: and was there any pressure on you at all to to take it up seriously or did that love just come naturally after after a while
3: I think that's one thing that's I'm really lucky with my parents like my parents are not pushy one bit and I'm a big believer in like you have to make your own choices if you want to do it you're going to do it, and if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. And I think if you're pushed into something, um, that that just doesn't doesn't help you as a as a an athlete. Um, and for me, as I say, I was lucky that my parents allowed me to make the choice, and it's a sport I love, and um, they they back me up for everything I do, and um, it's great to have have them there. And obviously, Dad being a player as well, his advice to me is. Is always great um, and yeah so so it's good that they're they're fully supportive with me.
1: Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post.
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online
2: The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Don't worry, more from Eve in just a moment, but I want to say that today's show is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is one of the leading suppliers of audiobooks in the world. They've got 180,000 titles to choose from. Wow, that's a lot of books to listen to. It's a product I personally use, and I would love for you to try their service for free. They do it, yes. They offer you a free 30-day trial and that includes one free download so any book you want to listen to that they have on audible you can just download and listen to for free if you like their service then please continue like i say it's a product i personally use to get this free service just go to audibletrial.com forward slash best that's audibletrial.com forward slash best they are the sponsors of this show and by helping yourself you'll also be helping me and the rest of the best in the world team all right let's get back to the chat with eve Muirhead.
0: the best in the world podcast with richard parr
2: Now, when I look at your accomplishments as a young player, it's just glittered with gold from the Scottish Women's Curling Championships to the World Junior Curling Championships four-time champion. Did you ever become overconfident in those early years?
3: No, I don't think so. And I think um, it was really important that I didn't. Um, I worked really hard for for those medals and um, I knew every year it was getting tougher and tougher. I knew every year countries were getting closer to me. But for those that know me, like I am super competitive. I'm really competitive. And if um, I don't like anything but winning and, and being the best, and if I know someone's getting better or teams are developing different ideas, like I'll go and train super hard to, to beat them and be better than them. So as I said, it, it was really important that I didn't get complacent back back in the day, but it's not just myself. Like I had a great team behind me, a great team of three girls, um, which kind of varied over the years. Um, obviously, juniors, that you've got to look at the age as well. So um, we we pulled together well as a team and, as I say, um, worked really, really hard to get those accomplishments.
2: And let's talk about the 2013 Riga World Championships. That's when you won gold. You know, uh, I believe you were at the 2010 Championships as well. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I was at the, yeah
2: and got silver. So yeah. what was what were the differences what were the changes you made in those
3: 3 years? Well, I think if you look at 2010 World Championships, that was just off the back of the Vancouver Olympics and like we went into the Vancouver Olympics as medal hopefuls and um I think we came away sixth which obviously um wasn't wasn't great and i look back and i think um in a way it was a little bit of a kind of blessing in disguise like we went there with a lot of pressure on our backs to to perform and we just didn't and um, so straight after that we had the world championships and we just kind of relaxed i think we relaxed and and um, there was a lot of pressure brought off our shoulders and and we performed great i remember the worlds was out in canada in swift current and as you said we came away with the silver medal Um and then from then on, um, looking at how we developed to becoming the world champions in 2013, and then getting the bronze medal in Sochi 2014 at the Olympics, it was it was probably a mixture of a lot of things. I think the the biggest change for me was getting the chance to go down to to London 2012 to the to the Olympics. I remember going down there and I was watching all these athletes on top of the podium um, getting the gold medals. For Team GB, and that's what I wanted. Like it was a kind of kick up the butt I needed to work harder, train harder, practice harder, and that's exactly what I did. So leading into the Worlds in 2013, like we knew we we knew we had a good chance, and um, it was it was just it was great. Like we we were the best team there all week. We we played fantastic, and it was really a kind of boost for us knowing that that we were the best team in the world. Um, And I guess that helped our confidence going into the Olympics as well in in 2014.
2: Was there any pressure going into those games in 2014 being the world champions?
3: Huge. There was masses of pressure. Um, You're going in there ranked number one. You've got all the media in your back. You're ranked number one. They're expecting you to get that gold medal. And there was a lot of pressure. But I think... As a team, what we do well is we we thrive under pressure, and I think, like me as a player, I I I seem to perform better under pressure. And when you have that there, knowing that that the kind of whole nation's behind you, um, as as that gold medal hope, um, it it makes it a little bit more exciting, and I guess it makes you perform better too, because knowing that that you really can't slip up. <laughs>
2: Now, obviously, the, the quality of, of the players in your team is important, but also how important is it that you gel and you get on well? Like, Have you seen a correlation of times where you've had a team and it's not just been the right uh, camaraderie and you haven't performed well to when you do have that that solid friendship, so to speak, and then you've performed well? Or is it just more you're all professionals, you know what you're doing, and you it just didn't go right that day
3: well I I think our team's a little bit of both like in our team I would say we are four best friends as well as four work colleagues which I guess makes it tough but what we need to do as a team and and what we've realized is that we need to know when you're in friendship mode and when you're in work mode and it's known when to to switch the, the buttons from each because um, at the end of the day, we we are work colleagues and um, it's different to being friends. So it's so important that you get on as a team of four. And I think um, being part of several teams in the past, maybe when one or two people just don't seem to fit or just don't seem to gel within the team, it does impact the whole team. So I think it's crucial that, as I say, that that you get on um, You you all respect each other and respect them in the way that what knowing what they want to do as a player does that make sense mm-hmm. so I think it's um it's important to basically know each other inside out because I guess when when you're away competing you're you fly away together you stay in the same hotels together you eat together you play together you're with each other 24 7 so it's essential you get on but it's also essential knowing when you can switch off from that and have some of your own time
2: yeah must feel like a bubble at times and how, how do you then you know when you're around these people all the time do you just go away and have a walk or do you just go to your room because sometimes you just need your own personal space don't you
3: yeah you do um and I think uh, like as a team we we know that that people need that and for me um It's difficult like I find it pretty hard to switch off especially when I'm away competing so I tend to like to keep busy um so even if it's I don't know lately I've been starting doing a bit of online Christmas shopping and and just really doing something to take my mind off it like I do I'll still do quite a bit of training when I'm away so even if it means going to the gym and putting in some music for half an hour and doing some stretching and doing some recovery work um there's lots of different things going shopping's another one or for me, I'm a bit of a, a coffee addict. So <laughs> um, you often find me in the, the closest Starbucks or coffee shop.
2: <laughs> what well, What is it about the, the coffee shops? Is it just, you know, because I I find the same and I think a lot of people do. They they just kind of like the ambience. They kind of like being around people, uh, not necessarily talking to people, just kind of being around them. Do you specifically look for certain coffee shops or is it just whatever's the nearest?
3: Um. I do like a Starbucks and I think in Canada Starbucks are pretty popular so you tend to come across them. Obviously Tim Horton's out there as well and every corner you find one of them. But really, um I guess like as I say, Starbucks is probably the main one. Like I do like a Americano misto every now and then. So um yeah, like as I say, coffee's for me is something that I like just to chill out and um People know if I haven't had my coffee, put it that way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's when the camaraderie between the team isn't quite so great when Eve yeah. hasn't had her coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, you mentioned music. What are you normally listening to on your playlist? Do you have any particular music which really will gear you up for a big competition?
3: Um- particularly like i'm just i'm like the kind of usual chart i like all the new the new songs coming out there's a lot of nice good new songs just now so it's really just the the uk chart i i like to listen to all the kind of usual usual things nothing that really is any different to to anything i'm not into anything like you think like heavy metal opera nothing like that just your usual
2: (laughs) Mm and one thing i did read i don't know if it's right but you're an accomplished bagpiper as well is that right
3: yes i um i do play the bagpipes or i did play the bagpipes i still um obviously can play them but i just haven't played them as much lately because um just been so busy but yeah for several years like i i was a member of the pipe band i've traveled a lot around the world really competing did a lot of solo competing so i still can play i'm usually a cheap gig for friends weddings and things
2: <laughs> and you mentioned being ultra competitive now when when you're doing curling and you're doing bagpiping and things like that what, what are the other things you were good at growing up and also what are the the games and things people should avoid to play you now because you take a little bit too seriously
3: <laughs> um well, when I was growing up, I um, also play a lot of golf as well. Golf was a sport that, that I had to make the decision whether to, to golf or curl. And, um, it, years ago, it was fine because I could golf in the summer and curl in the winter. But when curling becomes your full-time job, there's there's no way you can do that. So right now, I love, I love being able to play just at a kind of social level and, and get it round in a decent score. Um any sport really. Like I'm I'm super sporty. So um I love to be able to play as many different sports as I can and, and enjoy that as well.
2: Now I wanted to ask with two years to the next Olympics in twenty eighteen in South Korea, where you think the team is right now? But I'm guessing you'll have a better indication of that after the European Championships, am I right?
3: Yes, I think after the European Championships um, we'll kind of have a rough idea where we stand but as a team I know we are, um, we're pretty close to, to being where we want to be um, obviously the, the Europeans is the event that kind of sets your marker down for, for the worlds and stuff and then moving on from that um, you move
2: on to, to the sorry I'm just getting a delivery <laughs> no worries it's probably part of that Christmas shopping you were telling me about
3: what it actually is <laughs> sorry <laughs> but yeah so the the important thing this season is the the Europeans which is a qualifier for the world championships and the world championships which is a qualifier for the Olympic Games so every tournament um, in the next few months is as important as as each other so um, really looking forward to it but I guess um, you can't really take your foot off the gas pedal at all mm.
2: so let's just talk about the build-up to a big day like that now we, we talked about a typical training day but what would you do on on a match day is there any superstitions you have do you do any visualization skills do you eat any differently what what differs from say a training day compared to a, a match day
3: I definitely don't do anything um, like out of the bubble, if you know what I mean. Like I, I don't do, I don't have a lot of superstitions or anything like that. And I guess the difference between a match day and a game day is, is I guess your yes a little bit of your focus, um, because I guess training, like you can have a laugh with the rest of your team, you can experiment different things, and when it comes to kind of game day, you get no second chances, do you? There's no mulligans out there, so. Mm. Um, there's not an awful lot that differs it's just making sure that you're prepared in every way possible when it when it comes to a big match um as we said before like you're fueled up for it you're hydrated for it um but i guess training is very similar too so there isn't actually a huge a huge difference
2: um you're obviously going for the, the Olympics, you know, like you said, European champions, world championships. Are you someone who, who goal sets even smaller than that? Do you set a goal for a day or for a week or for a month? Or, or do you just look ahead to the,
3: these key points? I think a little bit of both. I think I'm all like from ever, from whenever I threw that last stone in Sochi at Olympics, you're, you kind of have the next Olympics in the back of your head. And I think that's my overall big goal. Yes. But as you say, I think it's important that you set smaller goals as well. And as a team, like we sat down at the start of the season and kind of traffic lighted our our, um, our schedule, like what's semi-important, what's important and what is very important. And in an ideal world, you would love to be able to peek at the very important events. But if anyone as a sports person knows how to work out when, when you peak, um, I'd love to know because it's hard it's hard being able to peak at the right time. But. Um, so our goals are, are set out a little bit like that and we know when we can really build up to, to an event and experiment different things if it's not as important but overall I think we, we do have our main goals um, but they're probably set out more kind of season, season-like
2: Yeah, you, you say as soon as that last stone goes you look into the next Olympics is that exhausting, that thought that you've got another four years of really hard work or is it exhilarating, is it exciting?
3: It's exciting, I think. um I just can't believe how quick it's come round. You <laughs> think when when we were in, so it's like, oh, another four years. But really, God, it's absolutely flown by. And now that Rio's out the way, it's kind of all all lights in the Winter Olympics. And then before we know it, it's going to be a year February, and it's it's going to be us competing. So um it's exciting. It it's so soon. But as I say, like time has absolutely flown by. <laughs>
2: And I can't believe how quick this interview has gone with you, Eve. Eve, just before we go, why don't you tell us how we can follow you on social media and anything else you'd like to promote just before we go so we can continue to follow your journey and continue to uh, follow your success.
3: Yeah, that would be great. Uh, My Twitter handle is at Eve Muirhead, all lowercase. So I always like to to post different things of what I'm getting up to and you'll see at major championships how, how we're getting on and I guess our journey going towards the, the olympics in korea 2018
2: well i wish you all the best of the european championships and then the worlds and then the olympics i'm sure there's great success ahead eve muirhead thank you for being on the show and thank you for being the best in the world
3: thank you very much the best in the world podcast with richard parr
2: thanks again to Eve for being on the show. Apologies for the bit of the echoey noise in my part of the interview i 'll be honest, where I normally record it in the studio that was out of bounds just at the time that we were supposed to do this call. really unfortunate, I rushed into another room and it had to be like the most the world 's most echoey room. So apologies for that. But the most important thing is we've learned really good knowledge from Eve. So thanks again to her for being on this week's Best in the World. So next week will be 2017. I hope you have a fantastic New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and are ready to learn from the very best in sports. World champions, Olympic champions, former world number ones and world record holders. We will have them every single Wednesday on the best in the world with Richard Parr. If you'd like to learn more about me, you can follow me on Twitter at Richard underscore Parr. That's the same on Instagram as well. Like the Facebook page, that's best in the world with Richard Parr. And you can also go and listen to the whole catalogue back at richardparr.net and on the iTunes page. And if you get a moment, please give us a rating and review. That would really mean a lot to us. All right, set those goals. Enjoy your new year. And I'll speak to you in 2017. Goodbye.
0: The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr.